Hello and welcome to the Free Thinking Human. This is the freethinkinghuman.com's podcast. I'm your host, Kale. And today we're going to be speaking about a guy by the name of Edward Leed Skelnin. We blogged about Edward Leed Skelnin uh, just recently, and we believe that what he did and how he did it is absolutely phenomenal. And we question why he's not more popular and why the site, the Coral Castle in Homestead, Florida, in the good old US of A, is not better known. But before we get into it, we're going to tell you who we are and what we do. Um, and if first, first of all, let's start here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to say thank you. We want to say welcome. And uh, we hope you like our content. And if you are a return listener, we want to say welcome back. It's awesome. We're always encouraged when we get new followers or su- subscribers or and or listeners. Uh, so welcome. Who we are. We are a group of young individuals from Canada um, who believe that negativity is rampant through media. We believe that there is a lot of negativity in general out there. And we believe that this is affecting individuals. And we also are under the mindset that uh, science and spirituality don't have to be so far apart. They can be entwined in some ways. And we're also very enthralled by ancient cultures and the things that we're finding out now and how they're relevant to those ancient cultures. Uh, What we do is we try to inform, inspire, unite individuals through our website and our podcast in a positive way. We want to give some good vibes out there. We believe in good vibes and we believe that these good vibes will bring good things. So that was our answer. Um, We also want to entertain you. We want to encourage you. We want to inform you. That is what we're all about in a nutshell right there. So now back to Edward Leeds Gallen. Let's get on with the podcast here. Coral Castle. We just blogged about a site by the name of Coral Castle in Homestead, Florida, United States. And we think it's absolutely unbelievable that it's done, first of all. He did it back in the 1800s. This is not an ancient site. This is not an indigenous site. This is not from thousands of years ago. This is from less than 200 years ago. Now, Edward Leeds Skelman wrote a few books, and in night, and sorry, 1834, he wrote a book by the name of A Book in Every Home. We have the PDF file. If you have the original and you want to sell it, give me a shout at host at thefreethinginghuman.com. I would love the original. Um, anyways, he seemed like a very peculiar kind of guy. Every other page of the book is blank. Now, what some people out there believe is that he had written it in code or in some kind of hidden, not a hidden language, but hidden meanings within the language of this book. And what they believe is that the blank pages were for you to decipher this code of this hidden language that he's using. It's English, by the way. But I mean hidden language as in, uh, I don't know, maybe a double entendre or a a hidden meaning of this, that, and the other thing. Because he was, as an example, he was an individual, he would speak about his sweet 16. Nobody knows to this day what the sweet 16 was. Now, Edward Leed Skelnan was a very small man. Witnesses had said he was the size of a small boy, weighing only 110 pounds. Coral Castle itself 
the megalithic structure that it is, is made up of more than 3 million, 3 million pounds of rock. How did a 110-pound man with no cranes, with no heavy equipment, with no diamond-cutted, diamond-edged uh, saws, cut this stone, lift it out of the ground, and place it precisely where it needs to be. Now, in one of these videos that we posted in this last article, uh, it shows um, some guys with a cat, and uh, they're yanking a big chunk out of the ground, and the machine is having a hard time. And it's definitely not precision placement, okay? How did Edward Lead Scallon do it? Now, this is what really intrigues myself, okay? I used to work at a steel mill, and we had a 20-ton crane, we had a 60-ton crane, and we had a 90-ton crane. These were huge, massive cranes. They were overhead cranes, though, which is different than uh, a, a crane that you can drive around. Now, in order for anything to be lifted up, you have to get underneath it. And this is what I, I just, I have no idea how he did it. How was he able to cut the rock, which was in the ground, okay, raise it up a few inches to get a chain underneath and rig it to his block and tackle pulley that was rated for half the weight as some of these stones he lifted. And any crane operator or heavy duty equipment, heavy equipment uh, operator, or anyone that's rigged up something to an overhead crane, or a, a even a boom truck or something. If it's not rated more than what you're, you're what you're pulling up, something's gonna snap and someone's gonna get hurt. That's true. Okay, this guy did it in 1834 using equipment that was rated. I think what did it say 10 or 12 tons. Some of these stones that he lifted were over 20 tons large. Okay, that's a huge difference. Something should have collapsed. It shouldn't even have worked. And it shouldn't even have budged it, really, okay? So he was able to cut it in the ground, lift it up a few inches, get the chain underneath, rig it up to the block and tackle, raise it up, and place it precisely. Like, when I'm saying precisely, I mean precision. Extremely precise. In fact, to the door, the entranceway of Coral Castle in Homestead, Florida, there's a four-ton door. It's a chunk of coral rock four tons. It was centered so precisely that a small child could push it open with ease. Somebody out there has got to explain this to me. I've never, that's, that is, if anybody out there's even hung a heavy door, like a steel door, that it's not easy to make sure it's plumb, to make sure it's square. I mean, how did, how the heck did he do it? Now, we posted the last video we posted i'm i'm I, I, we will add on to it in the next couple weeks here because that last video that we posted if you haven't looked at the article please go ahead it's under the uh, the science tag at the website thefreethinkinghuman.com the guy has a chunk of coral rock and he takes off the the jumper cables which would affect i believe and i guess he believes the electromagnetic magnetic frequency which would then alter gravity again and wake, make it weigh its actual weight. And it breaks the chain and it falls. However, to be critical about that video, it doesn't show him doing it because the camera drops. I'm not impressed with that part. You can only, you can only do so much, right? Um, there are other videos we're going to be posting up that we believe, if you enjoyed this, this blog, you're going to enjoy the rest. 
Now we also find it utterly amazing because Edward Leedskelman used to go around and say he knew how the Egyptians did it. He was of the lineage of masons. Now, not I'm not talking Freemasons. I'm talking actual stonecutter masons. Okay, his father was one. His grandfather was one. Now, what I think is the cool part is that if you look at ancient history, take a look at Easter Island, how they cut the stones. They were in the ground when they were cutting them. And then they would lift them up and place them. Okay, there's that other uh, megalithic structure. I forget where it is. It looks like the Washington Monument. I hope someone out there knows what I'm talking about. But it's still in the ground. And this is thousands of years old. This is the same ideology that Edward Lee Scalman used. He cut it from within the ground and then hoisted it up. Whereas what we believe, uh, or a lot of people seem to believe, is that these things were uh, done in a different fashion or in a different order than that. I find that very, very peculiar because especially with that, the one monument that looks like the Washington Monument, how do they cut underneath it? How do they cut the bottom side? I Like that, I, I don't know. I'm stumped. I'm completely stumped. If you have theories on this, email us, host at thefreethinkinghuman.com, please, because it's keeping me up at night. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but it does, I... I Cannot wrap my mind around that one. Um, now back to Coral Castle. Within some of those videos that we posted, there's an expert out there that says the Earth has nodes, which he believes have less gravity than the rest of the Earth, where it would be a quantum thing. And part of me wants to believe that, but, a, the, but the critical thinker of me says, well, then why doesn't that affect general day-to-day -day things like if i throw a ball in the air why is it taking the same free fall speed to get back to me or is it less because i think people would notice that if because that would have to be if you compare that experiment to raising a 24 ton rock out of the earth and using something rated 10 or 12 tons that's that would be a, a monstrous effect of on gravity Right. So I have an argument against that one, but still, I'm still intrigued and I think it's a possibility. Uh, now, the other explanation is something by the name of electromagnetic frequencies. I am not a physicist. I love physics. I'm not a physicist. Now, about a year ago, I was having this conversation with a physicist who had his master's from the University of Manitoba. We are trying to get him on the show, by the way. If he hears this, uh, email me. <laughs> uh, now, what Edward Lee Scalman did was he used a flywheel. And what this flywheel looks like, if you haven't watched the video, it looks like a ginormous train wheel with magnets welded onto it. And when he spins it, apparently he's able to use free-flowing energy. Now, is that what this box is at the top of this? It looks like a tripod. If you pick, if you haven't watched the video, please watch the video. It looks like a tripod of telephone poles with a box hanging from it. Now, what I automatically wondered is that in ancient times, in ancient Egypt and Sumeria, the hieroglyphs are consistent with the ancients holding a little box. And I wonder, is that what it represents? Because nobody knows 
what that little box represents. That might be someone out there that's listening might be able to use that. And I hope it helps somebody out. Uh, I could be completely wrong though. Now in the other part of the video, it showed a crew. Now this is a dated video. This is back from the seventies or something. <laughs> it's hosted by Leonard, uh, Leonard Nimoy, which I thought was just, I just thought that was a rock star thing, you know? Uh, so that's one of the reasons why I put it up there, but it shows this crew and they're using a 600 ton rated, um, cat and a diamond cut a diamond uh diamond edged saws and they're cutting it out of the ground and you can see the cat is having a hard time at least that's what they made it seem like with the camera angles and and everything okay so let's think critically about that but in no way shape or form is that thing a precision instrument for placement of the rocks okay you wouldn't be able to use that thing and place the four-ton door precisely in the center, if you get what I'm saying. So how do you do it? There's people out there who believe he just did it slowly and surely with this fly, uh, this block and tackle and the flywheel. And there's people who believe he did it grunt work, like how we work today. And he would drag them around on logs and this, that, and the other thing. And you have to take those into consideration. But there is also witnessed accounts, or maybe it's folklore, whatever your perspective is, that he was able to load and unload quarry trucks in 30 minutes or less. That's less than it takes to get a pizza delivered. Okay, how did he do it? How would you load and unload a truck with no crane? 30 minutes or less and tons like we're talking huge huge rocks there had to be something he had to have some hidden knowledge or uh, um, an education on physics or I, I have no idea to get that done the way that that the residents of homestead florida are saying now at one time he was even jumped within the first site and he packed up and he moved the site 10 kilometers that's when he moved it to homestead florida and he didn't just pick up his belongings he picked up every rock he had put down on this uh, he moved the whole structure like if i i just the psychology of that individual really kind of intrigues me you know if i build a home and then i'm gonna move for me to say you know what? I'm going to move. I'm taking my home with me. It's a great deal of effort. I'm very intrigued, very intrigued at how he thought that moving 3 million pounds of rock was doable again. Most people would think, I am never doing this again. <laughs> That's, you know, my wife is going to kill me if I move all this rock again or something. Uh, so let's take that into consideration. Now, we're going to get into something very briefly that's called levitation. Now, there is quantum physicists out there who believe that levitation is possible. And one of them we blogged about back June 10th. And if you haven't looked at that article, please do so now. John Hutchinson was a Canadian physicist who was able to make objects levitate by tapping into their vibrational frequencies. And if he was able to alter them, he could lessen the effects that gravity had on said object. This correlates to another professor, and offhand, I apologize. I do not have this professor's name, but I believe it was, it started with, I think it was Dave. I will look that up for you. Um, but he's out of the um, University of British Columbia, 
And what his theory is, is that gravity isn't as much as about the push and pull of the moon. However, it may be more quantum that we haven't taken into consideration. Those three arguments combined, I think, are really, really cool. And is that what Edward Lead Skelman knew? If he was able to somehow change the vibrational frequency of these rocks, could he lessen gravity? Is that how he was able to place them so precisely? Is that how the ancients in Peru or, or Mexico or Egypt or Indonesia or India, is that how, did they have this same knowledge? Because the placement of those megalithic structures, the rocks, the boulders within those are cut so precisely, which is a whole nother topic, and placed so precisely that it, we don't know how they did it. For sure. However, did Edward lead Scalman? If he didn't, then how was he able to build the Coral Castle in Homestead, Florida, United States? Check out the blog. We just posted it. I think we posted it uh, last Monday. Check out John Hutchinson. Check out our uh, Google, each of these, YouTube, each of those. The names are Edward lead Scalman. John Hutchinson, and check out our blogs. We threw some videos up of each uh, June 10th uh, under the science and under, I think, under free thinking as well for John Hutchinson's article. And just recently under the same for Edward Lee Scalman. And let us know what you think. Email us, host at thefreethinkinghuman.com, or you can reach out to us at the website. Hit the contact us button and you'll be able to email us as well. Drop us a note, a comment. Leave us a review. We love it when we get reviews. And uh, let us know what you think. You can also follow our Twitter page at AKATFTH or follow us on Instagram with all our inspirational and positive vibes that we release to the world at live.freely.tfth. And you can follow our podcast on Buzzsprout, tfth.buzzsprout.com. We're also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you for joining us. We here at thefreethinkinghuman.com, we believe that time is the most valuable thing you have in your life. So when you spend your time with us, we are extremely grateful And it is our pleasure to spend our time with you. So thank you so much for stopping by. Hope to uh, see you again. Hope you stop by. Don't forget, subscribe and follow. And have a great day. Keep learning. And don't forget, think free, live freely. Thank you.